Oh, welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we continue our conversation with Sally Lipsky of Plant-Based Pittsburgh. Gee, how does one start this plant-based diet if somebody says, hey, Sally, that sounds great. Uh, how do I start? First of all, you can get in touch with me. I am here. That's my, I took early retirement because I had such a calling and such a passion for moving people along with the how, okay? So I presently lead an organization called Plant-Based Pittsburgh, and you can Google it and go on our website. Um, I wrote a book two years ago called Beyond Cancer, The Powerful Effect of Plant-Based Eating. Just with that thought that I want to give people away a step by step. So integrating what I as a professor um, knew about how do people learn? How do people get ha change habits? But integrating that whole um, foundation of education into all this, this, because it can't be overwhelming, totally overwhelming. Um, all is this how to go about starting to adopt, but also sustaining because that's huge, huge. Um, most of the people who go try to become plant-based vegan, even vegetarian, and who drop out, almost all of them say the number one reason is they feel left out. Ah. They feel um, alone. Mm. So I did start a uh, support group in 2014. And I had 12 people originally because I was teaching um, classes at local libraries, community centers, um, wherever I could, you know, reasonably get some, let people know about this um, power of plant-based eating. And one day a woman said, well, okay, this course is done, this class is done, now what? And I said, well, we've got a former support group. so." Um, I had 12 people in 2014 who were on my email list, and today I have 1,600 wow. on my email list. That's tremendous. So, yes. Yeah, it, it is. And I formed a nonprofit, actually, um, out of Plant-Based Pittsburgh because we give, well, it got to, before COVID, I had gotten, we had meetings in four different areas around the Pittsburgh area each month and one cooking class each month and special events. And I do a, a monthly newsletter and um, we had a local, we still have a, on our website, local directory, all these resources and then COVID. But the interesting thing is the transition. This is, this is the beauty of COVID is that you start with the Zoom. <laughs> We're all Zooming. So now we have twice monthly Zoom um, events. One is an informational week. Like this Wednesday, we have a endocrinologist, a physician ah. who works with obesity and um, metabolic issues, including type 2 diabetics. And she's going to give a presentation um, on your lifestyle and the relationship to the metabolism and then 
two weeks later, we have a cooking demonstration. So all these were, and we're getting people that we didn't even know existed. Montreal, somebody who knows, well, you know, California. So um, yeah, that that's our mission. Is our mission is to educate and to support. Well, we'll certainly supply a link uh, to your organization and also Great. put your book up on our uh, recommended reading list. So when we talk about lifestyle medicine, what does that mean to you, Sally? Oh, yes. So lifestyle medicine, it's a growing area of, of medicines. As there are here in Pittsburgh, there's some um, primary care physicians, probably primary um, we have, as I said, this endocrinologist. There's, and what it is is the tenets of what makes for wellness. And the first tenet is tenant pillar is what are you consuming? What are you putting in your body? The second one is sleep, adequate sleep. Um, the next one is movement. How are you moving your body throughout the day? Um, exercise, and then social support is the other one. So these physicians that have been certified in lifestyle medicine sort of try to integrate. It is an integrative type of medicine that it's just going to grow and grow and grow. Because we have learned so much, the the research, the practice is all pointing to that integration of lifestyle. So there's three prescriptions that I usually write to my patients. Number one is sleep. That's uh, number one with a bullet. Uh, the other things aren't close uh, because good sleep can cure a lot of ills. But then we have to find out what's the reason for the, their disturbed sleep patterns. And then there's exercise, Sally, and you mentioned yoga. We always consider exercise as free medicine, absolutely free. And then we talk about nutrition, which you're incorporating tonight along with, along with the other two things. So how did you actually sit down and say to yourself, okay, I'd like to do this. How? Um, it wasn't, let's see, it was, it's a journey and it's still a journey as we know, um, I started yoga in 2008 because I went to a yoga class and I was still in treatment at that point. And it was like after that first class, it was like, oh my, I want to do, it was just, it just hit me. It was that integration of the mind and the body and the fact that you can just focus. I mean, I was doing warrior twos and you know, pushing away with this, pushing away the cancer or down dogs and kicking away. I was imagining myself getting stronger physically, and I was getting stronger physically. It's amazing, but also the mental dexterity. I, I can't say enough. And now I teach yoga. I got certified to teach yoga. Did you, Sally? Wonderful. Yes, I do. Yeah, it's just because. Today, I feel this way after I came away from my yoga class today, there's a sense, I take that word of plentitude, where you just, 
want for nothing. I feel complete. Mm. I feel at ease. And for me, I feel safe because I still deal with anxiety. It's just part of sure. my nature. <laughs> I realize I'm, this is me. This is my personality. This is how I'm wired. <laughs> it's going to be with me. Could you say more about the mental aspect, Sally? Well, start the class wherever you are is good enough. And we start with that deep breathing, the power of the breath to slow down the mind, to kickstart the parasympathetic response, that relaxation response. So that's very important. It's like at least five minutes of just getting into the breath and focusing on the sensations that you're experiencing. And then as we move through the practice with the flow, I always say, you know, let your breath lead you from whatever movement we're doing. It is your breath that leads your movement. And again, that Put your focus on you, on internally, on um, this sense of groundedness. That's all I could say. The sense of mindfully, your intention ah, is there. I love that word, intention. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, intention is another huge. It's huge. It's in whatever. It's also huge in education, working with students, um, changing how they learn. Because my expertise there was how do how do people learn? So, and a really big component of learning is be intentional with it. I love that. Well, since I've uh, since we've last met, Sally, I've got a number of tattoos. However, they're all uh, they're all therapy related, and I don't think you can probably well, see this. I'm going to put on my glasses for this one. See this one right here. I don't know if you can read it. It's uh, abracadabra. Okay. <laughs> so when you th when you think of the word abracadabra, what comes to your mind, Sally? Um, I think of magic. Yes, magic, making something appear. Actually, it's a real word, and it comes from the Bible's Jesus time. It's Aramaic, and roughly what it translates into. I create what I speak, I speak what I create. So we're talking about setting that intention in our mind and changing the script inside of our heads. If we're readjusting those thoughts. The other thing in yoga I have to mention, it's really important, is I tell there's no such thing as perfection. It's called a practice for a reason. I call it my practice. Every you know, everyone should practice. There is not competitiveness. There's not that loud, booming music. It is an internal focus with external moves. So, you say, my first yoga teacher always said, you're perfect wherever you are today. So, I tell my students. Sounds like Mr. Rogers. That, yeah. It's, it's do what you want, what you can. You modify. You have to make it your own. And I tell that also when I'm working with people and changing their 
eating habits, that's really key is intention, making it your own. I love that. So could you give us a, a sample diet of your own, Sally? Let's say what something you would eat for breakfast or lunch or oh. dinner. Oh, yeah. So that's part of it is, is finding what you like and keeping the basics because I don't like to cook. That's <laughs> I am not a cook. I assemble. I do not like to cook. So I, that's why my focus is on simplicity. If people like to cook, they the world is open. I mean, it's so many recipes, but I judge recipes by length. So for breakfast, oatmeal. I love oatmeal. I have it at least once, twice a day. Today I had three times. And that's the other thing about plant-based eating is you can eat a lot because it is high in the complex carbohydrates, high in the starches, which are going to give you fuel and fiber to sustain you from hour to hour. It's low in the fat on the fats and low in the proteins because we eat too many proteins. Mm. Absolutely. Interesting. We are an over, especially the animal proteins. Wow. Yeah, we've been led down the wrong path with that. So I have oatmeal and with bananas, berries, I'll throw in some green sometimes. Um, and then lots of potatoes. I love potatoes with, you can put all kinds of all kinds of sauces on it. Soups is a big one for me, especially this weather. So I'm, today I made a mushroom soup, and then I put in some leftover potatoes. See, that's how you do it. You throw in some beans, some leftover potatoes. You throw in um, oh, peas. I had some. I wanted multicolor and some carrots. And you can really have a very filling meal. Whole grain breads are good. And I sweet tooth. Oh my gosh, chocolate. You can have chocolate because I'm a chocoholic. <laughs> so dark chocolate. And I, um, you have to watch the amount though, unless you can go overboard. But um, I have these zucchini chocolate brownie, chocolate chip brownies that you would not know. <laughs> they weren't real dark chocolate. Um, you weren't know that they were, if I didn't tell you that they were, they were plant-based. There's no oil. I don't cook with oil. Um, I learn ways, this is part of going on it, is that um, you can use water and broth. But our couple things that American Diet has really zoomed to use that term in the last three years is the use, the amount of cheese. There's cheese has grown so um, extensively and there's actually cheese is an addictive because there's chemical in cheeses that light up the same area of the brain that as if you're on opioids. Oh boy. So yes, <laughs> yes. On the website, it shows you there's a Dr. Neil Barnard, Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine, who actually did a whole book on, ah. on the imaging of, well, one chapter, there's imaging of the brains so um, eating cheese. Um, and that's why people have such a difficult time giving up dairy, is the addictive. Oh, okay. 
So you're talking about being a chocolateaholic earlier. And yes. I guess when you're talking about dark chocolate, you're not talking about picking up a Snickers bar. Could you explain that yeah. to people? Yeah, that's good. So looking for dark, dark when you say dark chocolate, at least 70% cacao. Because the raw, the cacao, the cacao beans are very high in antioxidants. Um, so I get cacao powder. You can get the powder form and I can make some using um, soy milk or almond milk, put in some um, cacao or just plain cocoa powder and make a hot chocolate. Um, so you want to look for chocolate. That, that's part, the bottom line is. If it has, you just want to be careful there because there's still a, fight, a fat content to it. And if you're getting some pre-sweetened chocolate, there's still the sugar in it. But so as I said, little bit is, you know, not going overboard. Where do fruits fit into your diet? Fruits? Yes. Oh, my God. Daily. Multiple fruits. Fruits are the one of the healthiest foods you can eat. And as I said, I have berries every day. Oh, Oh, I have to tell your audience, frozen foods, it doesn't have to be fresh. And especially where we live. And in fact, some of the, if you look at the nutrient value, that fresh produce tends to start losing nutrients after about three days on the shelf. Ah. And, and so get fre frozen fruits, frozen vegetables. I even have frozen, I got frozen potatoes. Um, and what you're doing is that these this produce is flash frozen, so it keeps the nutrients in, and it's there. It's so convenient. Dr. Chaudhry would always uh, make a suggestion that when you go to the grocery store, make a habit of reading the labels. And if you can't pronounce the words on the label, it doesn't belong in your body. Yeah. I'm, in fact, I'm, tomorrow night I'm giving a workshop for a group in, in Georgia on reading labels because ah. you're absolutely right. You say never, ever, ever trust the packaging on a packaged product and you absolutely look at the ingredients. Well, I remember Sally at one point, uh, my mother, uh, when she was alive, after of course had some health problems and the doctor wanted her to avoid too much salt. And I was looking through some of the things that she had in her freezer and I'm looking at it and I says, mom, I said, uh, the amount of sodium in this is fairly incredible. And she showed me the package and she says, well, Jimmy, it says healthy choice. <laughs> yeah. Healthy choice. No, all natural, you know, organic. <laughs> what you want. Um, yeah, it's, it's misleading, you know, multi high protein, all these veggie burgers that are just isolated nutrients that are not healthy. Hmm. So somebody would um, say, well, somebody would yeah. say veggie burgers or organic. Uh, what type of uh, disclaimer do you have on that? What do we have to look for? Okay, let's start with the organic. It. I try to go by the Environmental Working Group every year puts out a dirty dozen or so where they the fruits and vegetables that are highest with the pesticide residue that they recommend that you buy organic. And they tend to be um, the thin-skinned fruits and vegetables, such as berries. I know strawberries is very often 
um, sometimes carrots. I'm thinking what's on the, so anything on, oh, like some of the um, greens there. Yeah, so if it's on that list, I try to buy organic. Mm. Having said that, organic isn't the end all. I mean, get a conventional apple or an apple from the farmer's market is so much healthier than that chunk of cheese or, um, you know, cupcake or whatever it is that you're eating. Um, just eat a variety and it doesn't have to be because if you can't find organic or you don't have, you can, it's a very low resource way of eating because your grocery bill will go down significantly and without putting all that, those meat products on. So when somebody comes to you and they say, Hey, here's the type of lifestyle I have McDonald's four or five times a week. You know, we're eating, uh, I'm buying frozen dinners at the grocery store and actually, I think one of the dissolutions of the American family was was when TV dinners were invented. Uh, so how do you, when we talk to people and we talk about starting to eliminate things from their diet, they, uh, they kind of bulk. So how do you add positives into their diet first so some of these negative things will be eliminated? Good point. Really good point. Because it's not easy. As we know changing habits. Okay. First of all, no judgment, you know, and I don't even use the word bad foods. I don't. Instead of saying what you're eliminating, I like to say, what can you put in your diet? What can you change what you're already eating? So, for example, if I people say, what are you having for dinner? And someone will say, oh, I'm having uh, chicken with some mixed vegetables and um, a salad. Okay. And maybe a few, you know, tater tots. Okay. So I would say start with, instead of starting with that animal, that chicken, put the chicken aside and as like a side dish and make it smaller, cut it up and bring that, that, that a nice baked potato as the center. And then you can add, you can put on those vegetables, add some salsa. You want to fill yourself up as much as possible with the plant foods and then use the animal foods and dairy foods as, as a little bit for taste um, or as, as I said, a side dish. And it's a way to change how your focus is on what it is that you want. I have, and I have it in my book, but I have a three-step meal prep. And I said, just start with each meal with what is a complex carbohydrate that you want to start with? That's your building block. That's your foundation. As I said, that gives you the fuel to get you through the day because so many people think plant-based eating is eating lettuce and carrots. And that's not, you can sustain that. You're going to get hungry, you know, you know, that's where you grab that Snickers bar. Um, no, you want to start with the pota baked potato, the oatmeal, the milk, the, um, a whole grain, um, baguette, or you want to start with, um, some, what's it called? Uh, polenta, 
I mean, whatever suits you, fair, all kind of pasta, a whole grain pasta or an amani, adding some beans, adding some, um, there you start getting the color of the vegetables and fruits. That's the second step. And then flavor it how you want to flavor it. And, and buy, oh, and make a lot. Make a lot so that you have leftovers and you have frozen food. So a person says, hey, I want to buy into this. However, you know, I have a partner at home. I have three teenage children. Uh, How am I going to incorporate this uh, when perhaps I'm getting some blowback from other people? Well, you will. Okay. (laughs) So I do have to say that there are these organizations, like I mentioned, Physicians on Committee of Responsible Medicine. It's all on the Plant-Based Pittsburgh website. Um, the McDougal's, the T. Colin Campbell um, Center for Nutrition Study, they all have free meal plans that will get you started. Um, Kickstart for three weeks. They'll give you what to make, how to make it. They'll give you support. It's right there. Um, having said that, if you want to also, I should mention, it's just start one day or one meal. You know, just take a step. If someone oftentimes say, where do I start? I also say, start with the dairy. See if you can get the cow's milk out and get the soy milk. And soy is one of the healthiest foods, by the way, because it is a plant estrogen. There's a lot of misleading stuff or almond milk. Or, and so if you have kids, you know, get their them into a non-dairy milk. Um, as much as possible, or non-dairy yogurts. Oh, but you asked about family. Yes. So I have the same problem. Okay, believe <laughs> or not, I would say you want to ease them in, but I would not suggest that you cook multiple things mm. because I think that that you know they're old enough. If they're young enough, they'll eat what you prepare. If they're old enough to bulk, then you say, okay, this is what I prepared. You can add anything you want, but I'm not making it. Ah, good suggestion. Because we have to say it's the women who do the bulk of this, who take care of the family and do the, and that's just an extra burden that you don't need. So you lead by example. You be kind, you be open, but don't burden yourself because it's it's just not worth it. Kind and open, however, here's what I have. If you want something, you can make it yourself. Yes, yeah. So what do you say mm-hmm. to people who say, you know, uh, in my job, uh, occasionally I have to meet people at a restaurant to uh, do business or mingle or some type of social event. How does a person handle that, Sally? Well, that's also in the book because you make as part of being practical is that people work. So nowadays it's a lot of it's at home. You work, you travel, you socialize. Yeah. yeah. So that's also what I say is to own it to. So if someone says, here, here's a piece of meat. You can very pleasantly, oh, oh, I don't eat that anymore. And you will get a lot of quizzing. You will get pushback from relatives. And you just say, hey, you know, it's working for me. 
I'll give you the information if you want it, but it's working for me. And as much as you can let people know in advance, so that if you're going to a social event or a dinner or whatever, let them know that, oh, by the way, I don't eat such and such, but I will bring, if it's if it's somebody's house, bring food. Always, and I never leave. If anybody knows me, I never go anywhere without food. Oh, Nowhere. Boy. I have food in my purse. I have food in my car. Um, because I know that I can adapt and I will get hungry. And when I get hungry, I want food. Well, one of my, Sally, one of my other tattoos is uh, says, do no harm. And if you're doing no intentional harm to anyone or anything, you can go ahead and eat what you choose. Right. That's, you're right. You know, it's, it's. It more and more the word we don't want to do harm to ourselves. Part of this is self-care. And that's how I feel. I want to protect myself and eat the healthiest diet and do what I yoga, what what really helps my wellness, but also you are doing tremendous harm to our planet and tremendous harm to the animals when you are eating your typical meat-eating uh, meals. Yes. It, it contributes hugely to our planetary um, change, climate change. So, Sally, should a person wish to contact you, uh, yes. could you could you let us know, our audience know how to contact you, how to get involved sure. with your organization? Yes. So you can go on, as I said, There's if you go just plant-based, Pittsburgh, um, the website, it, it will have contact there. It'll have a link. Um, and it has the email, which is plant-based eating hub, um, which is I, where I started it, but just click email me. That's what I'm here for. I, ah. I if you're want to know more, if I invite everybody to check it out and I, um, will do what I, you know, I can to bring people along with the others in our organization. Well, Sally, we're always looking for additional resources to point people toward toward the, our holistic uh, lifestyle, uh, our lifestyle medicine. And you've uh, certainly been delightful. And it was, it was so uh, nice when uh, Katie mentioned you and I saw your name and I says, I know her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So that's great. It, the the Seclair family just keeps growing and growing. It does grow. Yes. So at the end of every podcast, Ellie, we offer a uh, free prescription, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug the television and take up fishing. And for, and for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.